0: Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast. covering everything there is known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt. The best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I am your host Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show, more importantly, on Twitter. That is at H-E-F-Pod. Follow us on Facebook. That is Facebook.com/slash HEFpod. Join us on Discord, uh, discord.com, and, Luca, and search "Hey Eintracht Frankfurt Podcast" to find us there. You can also drop us an email. That is A.I.Truck Frankfurt at gmail.com. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, I've got a full panel today, uh, mixing things up just a little bit as some people have other kind of commitments going on. We have uh, making his return to the airways for the first time, it seems, since uh, uh, Eintracht was in Florida. Uh, Mark in New York City. Hello, Mark. Hello. <laughs> it's good to have you back on, and of course we have another fan favorite and friend of mine, uh, from the uh, normally cold uh living space that is Detroit, Michigan. It is Chris from the Detroit Fan Club. How are you doing,
1: Chris? Good and tag doing great.
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right, guys. So when they made the announcement, just it seemed just a week after we were last uh, recor- having our last recording session, it was announced that the Bundesliga will be coming back. The Zweite Liga will be coming back as well. And despite one or two players uh, and staff being found to be positive for COVID-19, it is uh, full steam ahead for the Bundesliga. We're finally going to get the return of what we know and what we love. It is going to be without fans. Geistespiele, Ghost matches are going to be played. Eintracht is going to have a very, very busy time as the Bundesliga is coming back to make sure that they are able to accommodate uh, the remaining matches to fulfill their television obligations and to try and get the season done before uh, the June 30th expiration date of players who are coming to the end of their contract. So trying to make it as easy as possible for these clubs, especially since... A couple of teams in the Bundesliga and a lot of teams in the Vita are looking at having to declare bankruptcy uh, if they don't get the next round of TV money. So here we are. We're looking at playing Glanbach in the Bundesliga and it's going to be a crazy time ahead as with Bundesliga and Pokal matches uh, that are already scheduled. That is 11 matches in 43 days. So needless to say, uh, the squad is going to be stretched. And um guys, how do you feel about this? Cause a recent poll came out, and I'll let you kind of go from here, Mark I had the first crack at this mark. A recent poll came out um uh but a fan poll came out saying that over fifty percent of fans in Germany are not uh fond of the restart happening now. I kind of wonder if that is based on one, it just being played behind closed doors, or two, that it has been it is returning. So soon after the country has just started alleviating sanctions uh, from stay-at-home
2: orders. Uh, well, so I think a lot of it's coming from just the safety of the players, right? We don't get to really hear the players voice their own opinions about having to go back to work. So I think that's a big concern. That's at least what my concern is: is is the player are the players having a chance? to voice their opinions on being able to play or being forced to play during a time when a lot of us are choosing to stay home, even if doors still open up in this country. So I think that's going to be a pretty interesting side of it. Um, I'm personally excited that they're going back. Uh, but I always do have that little bug in the back of my ear saying, do they even want to be playing right now?
0: Exactly. Chris, what kind of, where do you sit on this fence?
1: Uh, as usual, I'm right in the middle. Uh, at at the beginning of the restart, I was concerned. Um, The worst thing that could happen is you start and then you stop again. All right.
0: There looks like we lost Chris just for a second, but uh, we'll get right back to his opinion on it. So Mark kind of carrying over uh, for where we're at uh, with Eintracht kind of returning to the field. So one of the things that is coming down uh, for player safety is uh, a new venture in that uh, five, uh, Bundesliga is going to allow five substitutions in correlation with IFAB who are the governors uh, the people who sit down and rewrite the rules when it does come time. Is this going to be enough to alleviate uh, any possible injuries that happen on the field? Because I, with some Bundesliga clubs, they might not have enough guys to make that work. Some, it might work.
2: So it's funny you mentioned that because the only teams that I really thought about were like Munich and Dortmund of all those players who just kind of been riding the bench and they've paid so much money for haven't had the opportunity to really get on the field and now they actually have a chance because of five substitutions in the game like I said before 11 games in you know 34 days it's gonna be pretty interesting to see a lot of these players who may have not had the opportunity to get onto the field actually play even Freddie Bovic like kind of hinted at that right with our injuries to you know pacencia and Roos are both still out You know, there's an opportunity for a lot of younger talent or talent that has been riding benches for a while to kind of show their worth at this moment. Do I think five substitutions is enough for one game? Sure, I guess. But again, player safety comes first over everything else. And as long as the players are comfortable doing this, then I'm okay. Um, But it it should be interesting to see five substitutions in a regular match. What about you, Brian? What do you think?
0: Personally, I think it's the best thing that we could possibly do in terms of allowing one... uh, this is pretty heavy on the players. They haven't had contact kind of play in a very long time. They've only been in kind of, it's almost like we went through a winter pals, but you didn't get more than a week's worth of training time. So it'd be like if we came back, you know, second week of January when, you know, you only returned to training on New Year's day. So it's going to take a long time for these guys to kind of ret- return, uh, to kind of match fitness that's where I'm at. I think it does allow uh, the track to have a few other players kind of get some reps in. I would like to see, you know, maybe maybe we can get uh, Toro some uh, some playing time. It's been a long time since we've seen him play. Jonathan de Guzman, uh, friend of the podcast, <laughs> is one that I would like to see gain some playing time, even though... He's you know, a player who is on the outside looking in with his contract situation. Hopefully we can get some uh, clarification on that. I think overall uh, we're in a position where we can uh, make adjustments and, and not be really kind of the, the team flow will not be kind of changed up because you're adding someone who's not a part of the regular starting lineup. I think that might be the case with some of the other Bundesliga teams, you know, uh, up and down the table. But I think we're in a good
1: uh spot I think right there's now. another
0: and we're and here's
1: hope. You hear me? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I yes, think perfect. there's
1: another layer to it as well where we're in multiple competitions and we're fighting for the opportunity to still play in Europe next year. Um, I think clubs that are already eliminated from competition or or don't have much to look forward to, their eyes will be on what can they do to prepare for next year. Use this as an advanced preseason. We're kind of stuck in, in no man's land. We have a lot to play for, but then we have a lot to look forward to next year, depending on the results, you know, down the stretch here.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree with that because if you let's take a look at where the Bundesliga kind of stands right now. So the bottom three is this 16th is Dusseldorf. Uh, twenty-two points, and then eighteen and sixteen points respectively is Vetter Bremen and Powder Born. Remember, we still have a match in hand to play against Vetter Bremen that will be playing, uh, the second of June. Uh, for that makeup game right ahead of a really crunch time, and then you have a four-point gap. Uh, Mainz, 26 points, 27 points. Alexburg, 28 points for us and Hertha. We just have a vastly better goal difference. uh, 13 goal goal difference, better average. So it's not like we're too far away from those teams that are trying to uh, pull themselves up, but it's definitely I look at your vice your Augsburg they have a cushion there and we don't know what we're gonna do what 16th place would really be. you know it could be that they just do away with uh, the playoff spot for the season, which I think would be a horrible thing uh, it could be that you know, We have something totally new and different uh, happen. It could be two teams. It could be three teams for the first time in ages. We aren't sure what is going to happen. So we're kind of surrounded by a whole bunch of teams that, you know, they are in a position to keep themselves up, plan for next season. And here's hoping that those guys who are doing that are also not leveraging TV money for future moves or paying players now. Because that was something that started getting some of the second division clubs in trouble, financially speaking, which no one wants to see. But then again, we would want to see uh, Haas, Val, Stuttgart Stuttgart return. Because let's be honest, your Paderborns, your Mainz, your Alexburgs, Um, You know, it's been nice, but time to be, eh, for Game of Thrones fans, to be shown the moon door, (laughs) (laughs) so do speak. (laughs) So, uh, with the current status quo of the Bundesliga, this is going to be very weird, playing behind closed doors. We've already done it to horrible results uh, in our uh, leg one uh, quarter final, uh, round 16, against... Uh, Basil, uh, I'd rather not go down that, uh, rabbit hole too much further. Cause that's just going to make everyone on here. Very, very, very depressed. But the way that the league table is right now, you've got five times that are uh, five teams that are on 47 points, uh, or more. And then sixth place is 37. It's a very long, it's not very far to get up to sixth place, which is the first, um, if you don't take into the, the Pokal into consideration, that's the first uh, European place. And then it's, I would say at this point in time, it's a little too little too late uh, for us to... that's too much ground for us to make up to get into fourth place at this point. I think it's going to be played out by... The top four is going to be played out by our top five of uh, Bayern, Dortmund, Leipzig, Gladbach for this weekend's opposition, and Leipzig. But that's just me. Is there enough? Do either of you guys think that there's enough time to get at least to fifth to guarantee ourselves in the uh, Europa League group
2: phase? I think so. I think it's plenty of time. Kind of to what Chris's point before, Mm, because there's a lot of games to play and there's a lot of teams that might already be out of specific tournaments, gives us the opportunity to really go after it every single game where other teams may play a little safer because there's so many games. In such a short amount of time, we may be going pedal to the metal and just hitting the gas all the way through this for the next 34 days. Right, uh, Chris? It was, uh,
0: Schalke, Wolfsburg, and Freiburg, and Hoffenheim, Cologne, and Union. Those are the guys who are above us. Not a single one of them is in the Pokal. Not a single one of them is playing. And here. we have
1: a match in the hand. You know, we're two points behind Berlin right now. Yeah, we, we also- have a match in the hand, which is a blessing in a way, but that's also more legs to be wrong. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing right now. <laughs> it will be difficult. It will be tricky.
0: It will also mean that we'll have one angry friend of the podcast, and Doug uh, Casey Doug, who has joined us to discuss Eintracht versus Werder Bremen on more than a few occasions. I fear the conversation might get a little ugly, kind of akin to Match Day 34 in the 15-16 season. But that's just me. <laughs> so, everything being said, the bon- if we do want to look at the Bundesliga title, uh, which is something that we're not going to be uh, winning anytime, uh, winning this season, sorry folks, uh, the Bundesliga title is outside of our reach. The top five race should be at least interesting for us to watch as a neutral, Um I mean, this being the final year that we're here in the United States where we have to deal with Fox as our broadcast partner before it switches to ESPN. What do we think is going to happen this being said before we start really diving deep into uh, the player news?
2: What do you think, Mark? Sorry, my microphone was muted. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, like I... I think it's going to be exciting for, you know, I think in the last five years or so, the top of the league has been pretty exciting to watch. Hasn't been so much of a blowout as in the past decade with Byron, always mm-hmm. running away with like a 30 point lead. Um, but it's going to be pretty exciting to see like how this, se- this season pans out. You know, I'm actually going to be interested to see if any of these teams really drop the ball and like kind of fall apart because there's just too much game going on right now in such a short amount of time. And, while a lot of players have had time to get healthy during this pandemic and this time off from the league, a lot of players may also have been, been couch potatoes and just been eating and drinking a little bit too much blue vine at home and may have put on a couple <laughs> pounds. So it's, it's going to be it's like – I'm serious. This is going to be very interesting because you've seen it in other sports. You've seen other sports players put on a couple extra pounds because they've just been home, not really training. And if they're training at home, it's very minimal stuff just to stay – In some sort of shape. So I'm pretty excited to see what actually happens up there. And hey, if we can sneak into fifth, which I do think is completely possible, then good on us. Uh, Yeah,
0: Yeah. who doesn't want a guaranteed uh, five or so million euros right in the bank? And another guarantee of uh, three home matches and three away matches for the fans too. Well... Maybe not enjoy, because at this point in time, we have no idea the fans will be traveling. Uh, Chris, you were about to interject there.
1: For my money, all eyes are on Dortmund in that title chase. I think they're tired of, of being the bridesmaid for years on end now. Uh, this second you know, kind of winter pause, if you will, might be to their benefit. Um, you know, Nobody knows what's going to happen right now. But they have the talent, and they're hanging close enough, closer than they have in a while. And I'd like to see what they do with it. I'm tired of seeing Bayern at the top. I don't like Dortmund much either, but I'm tired of Bayern right now.
0: And let's be honest we um, we kind of don't want that third place team uh, to be jumping everybody and making God if Leipzig, who's you know they're only five points behind uh, Munich. uh, I'm sorry, I'm just getting a shiver running down my back as I'm imagining seeing, you know, Red Bull, who have more money than since, being able to lift the title. You're going to then see that in all the advertisements around the entire world. And, I mean, from, you know, the Bundesliga all the way down to 5th Division Berlin, fifth division in brazil i'm pretty sure that's a shirt that uh, a certain uh not a fan of the show uh gentry yes i'm talking about you <laughs> has probably got that shirt from the third division of brazil <laughs> oh sorry sorry had to had to have that dig i heard that the shirt collection is mighty substantial uh <laughs> reputation does precede you that being said we're gonna go into our favorite segment of the podcast right now hashtag what are we drinking uh mark what do you got on display there
2: so as i am working it is a fantastic sparkling water that has these letters uh alc which i still do not understand what they mean on the can um but the labeling on it says uh brooklyn summer and a l e not sure what that means either because uh, again i am working so this is a seltzer um but it's a summer style you know delicious beverage from brooklyn uh it's a brooklyn summer it's it's my favorite we buy them like when i used to live at my parents house we used to buy them by the pallet so not even just 30 racks buy a pallet and just have it delivered right into the garage and is delicious! I highly recommend will, it if you can get your hands on it. That will last a while. They don't. Unfortunately, they don't ever last long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Chris, you're a man who does love his drink, but then again, you know, in the cold, harsh winters of Detroit, kind of have to keep yourself warm in whatever way possible.
1: Well, we went. What do you got? First? We went from snowflakes on Monday. <laughs> to 70 degrees today. I don't even know what day it is, Friday. So I'm on my summer beer from Schlenkerla in Bamberg, Germany. They make the famous uh, smoked beer that anyone that's talked to me about beer for 30 seconds, I rave about. It's the best in the world. Um, The Erbach is my favorite that I can get here, but the Weizen is hard to find, so I jumped right on it.
0: Alrighty, I'm sticking uh, for my hashtag of what are we drinking. I have uh, gone with my local brewery, Boulevard Brewing Company, that is distributed throughout the United, uh, throughout most of the United States. So uh, I think everyone can get a little bit of some of that, enjoying the Casey Pills. They're pilsner that they brew during uh, the kind of spring and summertime, which is uh, interesting. In fact, one of a brewery that was. Uh, founded in the early parts of the 20th century, Mulebach Brewing, uh, who ended up building the stadium that was then used by the Kansas City Chiefs and Kansas City Royals for their first homes. Um, That brewing company was... uh, Their Pilsner uh, is the same formula that is now being used by Boulevard. And sadly, that brewing company did go defunct as being bought out by Schlitz. Schlitz was bought out by some brewery in Detroit. Um... Uh, Chris, you'll have to remind me of who that was again. I don't yeah, recall. Uh, it's,
2: a uh, Saul Pilsner. <laughs> you know, speaking of fun facts, here's a fun fact. I've actually been to Boulevard when I was there, when I met Brian for the first time for this particular game, which we will not speak of the result or the teams in play. Um, but. Who would have known that a Leipzig <laughs> player would have been on display for us but to see? It was. Gr- it's a great place. It's a great. It was del- like the beer was delicious. I think their brewery setup is fantastic. They've changed it since. Oh, have they? I haven't yeah. been in a they while. Have obviously, up the but...
0: new brewing, uh, new kind of uh, the new beer hall that they have there. They've done a few more add-ons to it, and nice. so now you have the downstairs where you then get your samples and you then. Uh, the full-scale bar and restaurant that they have on the upstairs—they have done a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of add-ons since the first time that I went there and had a sample. Oh, that was a 2008. Was the first time I was ever there. It's night and day difference from what it was, even just a couple of years ago. So
2: yeah, I would recommend if anyone's in KC area to definitely swing by Boulevard Brewing. It's worth your time. Definitely worth your time.
0: <laughs> uh, we, we seem to have some differing issues on that from some other people But that's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt Stay with us for segment two Where we're going to discuss a little bit about the team player news And preview uh, the first match of the uh, the post-corona uh, Pows match And that's Eintracht versus Gladbach So stay with us Segment two of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. We've been talking about what we're drinking, with everyone having their own uh, segment there. Uh, e- e- Add <laughs> on there. Talked about how the Bundesliga being back is going to give us a matches for the Eintracht in 43 days. Woof. Um, player information, this kind of came down in the last 24 hours. Uh, we're going to have an Eintracht player who was already going to be out of contract at the end of the season, who is going to be calling it quits on a very, uh, very long, uh, career that started in 2005 at the professional level. Uh, Gerson Fernandez is going to be calling it quits. He thinks that at 33 years old and 67 appearances for his international team, uh, Switzerland is enough to go on about and him being a rather new dad recently, uh, seems like this is a fitting time for him to call it quits on his career. And so, uh, it's kind of sad that he's going to be leaving the Eintracht. Uh, but for a man who, um, has been able, been a really good link in the fact that he's able to speak multiple languages, um, in the squad, help integrate other players into the team. It's gonna be a real, real struggle for most of us uh, to lose especially when it comes to, from what I had gathered, a really good locker room type of player.
1: Yeah, um, I think the biggest part of that is, like you said, the locker room presence. But in a in a club that's so diverse as ours and speaks so many languages, like you said, he is that that glue. And it's not just in the locker room. The ability to talk to people on the pitch in multiple languages and, and to keep things organized, which, you know, the last year or so has been up and down, and it's been up and down the entire time he's been here. But, you know, he's done a lot, and he's been a glue, and that's something that really with all the turnover in our roster over the last few years is something that we really needed.
2: Yeah, kind of harping on what Chris is saying right now, not just a locker room presence, but when I saw him on the field, he's like "Hasebi," right? Like you, When mm. you see him on the field, you just know that things are going to be handled in an orderly fashion. You're not looking for Flash. You're not looking for and Snickers. A. as well. Sure, <laughs> we can agree on that. But the guy was – he literally played every game with his heart on his sleeve he always gave it all and I always thought it was funny that he'd cut the top of his jerseys I was like at first I thought someone pulled his shirt once I was like why is there a tear there like who fouled this guy like that and doesn't have a red card and then I saw him the next day I'm like oh he does that himself ah interesting but like he's just a presence on the field where you're just you're comfortable with him being there right like there are just players that when you see them on the field you're just like good I'm glad they're there he was one of those players I think I'm gonna miss him a lot um, but I wish him all the best in his retirement. Indeed, indeed. So, players that are going to be
0: out uh, for this next match, uh, Paciencia. It looks like he's going to be out for two to four weeks with a muscle injury. Um, yeah, Godspeed on that. Marco rus is still listed as out. Uh, he has, like, a, like it, like he has been stated before. Uh, he is still uh, in, in He's now back to team training. But let's be honest, with him having his contract currently running down, uh, he's going to be one who's probably going to be on the outside looking in for the rest of the season, which really kind of sucks because, you know, for a good locker room kind of guy like him, uh, having him around would really kind of be good for someone definitely on the bench, kind of that rah-rah kind of character that you would need. Um, Eintracht is facing Borussia Gladbach at the weekend were a touch spiel uh, for the Eintracht. Um, now, for those people who don't know much about the, the foals, uh, they're kind of a kick in the teeth, and I beat that with all the certainty. Um, currently sitting in fourth, this team has done really good under Marco Rosa. Uh, sadly, they really took it to us. Uh, the week before, we played... Uh, Bayern in a 4-2 game that some people said was possibly the best match of the season. Um, I like the fact that uh, they have at least one of their stars that uh, would be in the starting 11 out, and the fact that you get as uh, Dennis Zachariah who's out still with a knee injury. I have a lot of confidence that the Eintracht is going to be able to handle this sort of situation, but... I do think this is going to be... We couldn't have asked for a harder test, honestly, with uh, re-entering a Bundesliga play, and, you know, blah, blah. Uh, it's, a, it's a big one.
2: With Gladbach. I'm just hoping that De Silva comes out with, like, some force, right? Like, you know, someone posted the other day, like, Ronaldo said that he would be his replacement, like, his predecessor, but he's left a lot to be desired. Like he hasn't really shown up for what we were hoping for. And to see reports that we want to keep him beyond this year is also interesting to me. Um, I I just, I hope for the best for him, but I really think we need to see something magical come out of him right now.
1: I've
0: I think I know where you're going with this.
1: (laughs) I had a couple ideas uh, going into this week about how things were going to go, but uh, you don't know. There's no, there's no fans in the stands there's no recent run of play to look at uh, squads are relatively healthy but I don't know I mean it's hard to make a prediction one way or the other I think we have the ability to come out well but then I've thought that before and we haven't so and I'm sure I'm sure their fans are sitting on the other side saying the exact same thing
0: Well, I mean, I look at this team, and I think to myself that if you handle Playa and handle Thurman, uh, Thram, uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try and correct myself on the pronunciation there, but if you negate those two attackers up front, because they kind of go at us normally with like a four-three-three kind of formation. You can negate those two guys right up front. We're going to be... A, I mean, not a lot of goals come from anywhere else. Those guys are the top-end players. I mean, yeah, sure, Lars Stendel has popped in for a few, but you take out their primary two and and expect someone to kind of step up to the plate to uh, pop in with a few more goals. You know, we, we average more shots than these guys uh, per match, and we are able to win uh, a lot more. I mean, we got bigger guys, you know, uh, the age is also larger on our end. You know, we're able to win tackles more. We're in, able to win aerial battles better than these guys. I don't see why we shouldn't, you know, just go up against these little horses and just, uh, you know, I don't see how we can't just go up against the foals and just don't, you know, kick the living crap out of them. I think if this was a Nico Kovac team, I think we literally would beat them up until they basically just can roll over and just say, you know, just they're that little kid who curls up into a ball and is like "Tell me when it's over.
1: Well, we've made our money in the last two seasons or so on the counterattack, but that's left us vulnerable at times. And this is a club that has the ability to take advantage of that, if we try to counter too quickly, they're going to eat us up.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Mark, do you have anything to uh, add? Because I think
2: this is—I think, I think the, we just need to remind ourselves that Kovac isn't our coach, though. Like, I know. Like, a lot while that thought is not. great, it's just like Adi Hooter, just they just play a very different game, man. Like they, this style is just very different, and I just hope that. Adi has the fire beneath them that's gonna push this team through. Cause like like to Chris's point, we'll they'll just run right
0: through him like uh so. through butter.
2: I hope so. But to Chris's point, like you know Commerce Bank Arena is a <laughs> fortress. Sorry about that. <laughs> and it's like so not having those you. fans yeah. not having those fans there, it's like it's really tough. It's really, really tough. Cause I don't want to think about Basil, but uh, no fans Part of the for us reason that we have up against
1: top level choose. clubs is that that advantage, that twelfth man, and without that, I'm not saying we can't. I'm not saying we won't, because anything can happen this weekend. But it's it's going to be tough without that twelfth man X factor.
0: And also, uh, as uh, a certain person in the uh, Discord chatter put in, you know, their mascot is a pony. An eagle would easily kill a pony. So we seem to be all good. We just need to let Attila kind of run loose in in amongst the arena, and we and that will just make everyone just piss down their leg, right? At all, that will take out at least some of the difficulty, you know. But I mean, you know, let 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 a bird fly. Yeah, I'm a peacock. I'm a peacock, and you gotta let me fly. To quote a certain fu- hilarious buddy cop movie. Oh, that felt That fell. Jokes a, little a few right years old there. by now. Oh gosh! All right, so <laughs> let's get to some of the. <laughs> hey, that's hey, that's. The, I recently watched that again on Netflix, and I was cracking up the whole way through the other guy's movie. In case anyone was wondering what the heck I was all about, so. On Twitter, Drew Gentry puts that uh, the fact that when it comes to the punctuation war, that we're going to win this and parlay this into forty-three nothing route. I think forty-three nothing might be a little bit of a stretch for these guys to put on. Because remember, DOS does not have legs. Well, not much
2: when it comes to the legs department. I'm not even surprised that Drew said forty-three nothing. Um, it's a very can Drew we get him out there on statement. the pitch? Um, and, and listen. I'm, i I said I think Drew would slot 41 out of the 43 if he was on the pitch himself. That's just I, I might be a little biased. He's two-footed, music. so he's two-footed. He's got
0: he's got some strength on the ball, you know. He's born and raised in the Detroit area, so you know he it's a hardy creature's up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just having a little fun, a bit of fun with that right there. Uh, though I'm probably going to be uh, corrected when it comes to on the Discord chatter and
1: everything
0: else, but hey, what you going to do? Um, so, let's get a prediction time uh, down. Chris, what are you predicting for Eintracht? Put me on the spot uh, first. The oh, man.
1: Um, there's no way to predict this one. We don't have as much talent on paper, but we're not traveling the first match back. Uh, there's no way to, to predict how what kind of emotion is going to come out of this. I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, 1-1 in the first half, and then the next goal wins. Simple 2-1 match.
2: Mark, how are you feeling? Feeling a little positive? I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, not awesome. going to lie, because similar to Nathan's point, Uh, in chat he mentioned that there's five substitutions right so that means you have five players coming off the bench who are going to be fresh in this game so to suggest that half of those substitutions wouldn't be attack-minded substitutions may be a tad naive right because a lot of these players will have cobwebs especially defenders and goalkeepers in my opinion uh but I just don't know if we're gonna be the ones with the high score, because <laughs> as we've spoken about earlier, we don't have a lot of goal scorers on the lineup right now. But I do have faith there that we might come out of draw.
1: These extra substitutions, how they're gonna play out? If you're gonna if you're gonna fall down a goal earlier, you're gonna try and make it up too quickly. Um, how are the managers going to adjust to this situation? And it's a plus sitting back on our couch and playing armchair quarterback, but I think for them, I think there's going to be a hesitation to make substitutions too early or too late for that matter.
0: I think you got a point there, and we can only hope that the Eintracht will uh, rise above it, you know, as an eagle rises from the sky. Uh, Prediction time for me. Gosh, putting myself on the spot here, and I, I'm gonna go an optimistic two nothing in the fact that we score two goals in rapid succession, and Gladbach keeps on trying to go for it, but uh, we have a little bit of wastefulness in front of goal, which starts making us think that Bastos uh, needs to be headed out at the end of the season, as some people have uh, told me from time to time. But yeah, so predicting an Eintracht victory there. So ways that you can watch the Eintracht in the English speaking world. So in the Caribbean, that's going to be ESPN, Caribbean. This is going to be the top spill lineup. So, uh, going to be easy access there. Uh, Canada, that is Sportsnet world where the broadcast will be taking place. And if, you happen to be in those lovely uh, islands in the middle of the North Sea. <laughs> you know exactly where you are. So in Ireland, that happens to be the uh, BT Sport. And also in the UK, uh, BT Sport is going to be where it's going to be shown there. Uh, Sky Sports, uh, uh, B, the B, uh, Sky Sport, BN Sports is shown in New Zealand, while she also have in Austin in Australia, BN Sports 1 that's going to be showing that. So, And finally, uh, the United States uh, 2NA, so that's the old uh, Univision uh, Deportes channel, and uh, Fox Sports 1 will be showing the Eintracht as well in the English language world. If you have any questions, uh, shoot it to the Twitter feed, and we'll be able to get you Exactly. Where you? Uh, what channel is going to be broadcasting that? If you have not been, in, if you are in, living in a territory that we have not mentioned, so for, it's about that time for us to wrap up. Uh, Chris, where can we find you in the social media landscape Twitter,
1: of the world? Uh, at C in the D three one three, and on our wonderful Discord channel. I'm enjoying that more and more every day. Chris N Monroe. <laughs> There you go. Uh, switch it over to Mark.
2: Yeah, before I give my socials out, just a reminder, also in anywhere in the world, you can go on twitch.tv slash soccercooligans. They're actually going to be broadcasting the game on Twitch and calling the game themselves, huh. which would be a lot of fun, and it's free for everyone to watch. No subscription needed. It's a key thing anywhere in the world. You can tune in and watch. Also, be sure to join us on Discord. As we all watch it together, communicate, have a couple beers, chat, have a great time. Or if you're not an alcoholic drinker, iced tea, water, or anything. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at cram or Dap and on Instagram at cram or Dap as well or on Discord at Grammar Dad.
0: <laughs> there you go and you can also find myself uh, at Sge on Twitter more important, more importantly uh, it is at H-E-F-Pod on Twitter uh, Facebook.com slash hef is where all the latest uh, news and information on Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language can be found also like everyone said uh, look us up on Discord Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast so um uh, it's been fun getting back with air er- with everyone here episode 126 it's kind of crazy that we've been able to last so long and here's something that it is uh, another 126 after that uh, if you want to get in contact with us we've already listed out our channels that you can get in contact with us and enjoy the Eintracht as they beat up on the full so uh, from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt uh, thanks for listening stay safe and uh auf jetzt. Tschüss.
2: Tschüss. Hey,